and welcome back to Decup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Megan. Each week, we rewatch a Disney Channel original movie and discuss the good, the bad, and the cringy in an attempt to create the ultimate DCOM ranking. This week is a very special episode because today we have our very first guest on the show. We are so excited to have her. She has a BA in theater. She is a fabulous playwright and poet. She enjoys makeup, anime, and talking about her big boobs. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Chidera Nwoko. Thank you both for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to be first, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real honor. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have some questions for you to get you started. So what is your relationship to Disney Channel? Did you watch it growing up? Were you a Disney Channel kid? Were you more of a Nickelodeon kind of kid? I think that I mostly watched a lot of Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon because I think that they had better animated shows. But I don't think that any of their live action shows ever held a candle to Disney. And so when it came to like TV shows or movies, it was Disney all the way, you know? Absolutely. So what is your all-time favorite Disney Channel movie? I can't pick an all-time favorite because in my head, I have two different categories. And one is movies where they are singing. And then it's Cheetah Girls because... Of course. I love Cheetah Girls. Yeah, duh. (laughs) If there's one where they're not singing, it was Smart House. And I think it's because I watched it at a very young age and it made me want a Smart House. And now I don't have Alexa and I probably never will because I think having a Smart House is terrifying. (laughs) You know what's crazy is we're doing Smart House next week. We'll have fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) But this week, we are talking about the 2006 movie starring the Panabaker sisters, Read It and Weep. So, uh, Chidera, we were just wondering, why did you want to come on for this movie? Why was this your pick? I feel like I remember Read It and Weep as a kid in this kind of fever dreamish way. I remember <laughs> the seaweed scene vividly in my head not none of the other pizza toppings but I remember the seaweed and the pizza I remember thinking that boy was like super duper cute Vincent Marco Marco, Marco Vincent that was yes name. yeah and so it was one of my absolute favorites plus it was drama which I love <laughs> drama <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I guess we'll start to get into it. Sabrina, can you hit us with a plot summary? When a high school girl's private journal accidentally turns into a best-selling novel, she must learn to balance school, her friendships, and her newfound fame. Simple. So let's get into this. I, I want to hear the memories. We heard a little bit of Chidera's memories. So Megan, what are your memories of this movie? This movie came out when we were eight i remember the panabaker sisters and i remember thinking oh my god it's such a big deal the panabaker sisters are doing a movie together because they both did life is rough and stuck in the suburbs before this and i was so excited they were going to be in a movie together i remember an alter ego kind of thing and i think i tried to journal like this after the movie (laughs) which is very embarrassing and Also, I think that this movie, so I had an imaginary friend growing up, but my imaginary friend was mean to me. And I'm wondering if this movie is why that happened. Because I was always like, oh, it was because I was bullied as a kid. But (laughs) now, now after rewatching this, I was like, did I make a mean imaginary friend because (laughs) Jamie had a really mean imaginary friend? I like that that's how your jealousy manifested, that you're like, no, I'm going to have one too. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly the reason. Maybe it's a little a little bit of both. Yeah. But um, that was kind of an awakening I had watching this. <laughs> Sabrina, what was your memory of this from your childhood? Well, I also remembered the Panabaker sisters. I was very excited to see them together. And I remembered that 
one of their journals became a book, but I specifically re- remembered how it was kind of like a graphic novel. Like it was not a normal journal in any sense at all. And I just remember how cool I thought her journal was. And I, I probably did the same thing where I was like, I'm totally going to journal like this now. I did not. <laughs> I can promise you I did not. But I too remember the kind of alter ego and how the older sister played a character in the book and how it was also the voice in her head. But other than that, I really had no idea where the plot went. I had no recollection of what happened after it became a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Janir, do you have any other things that stood out to you yeah. before you rewatched it? What's so funny is you both vividly remember the Panda Baker Sisters. I was, when did that movie come out? Like 2006. I was born in Nigeria and I moved here when I was four. So I I had no recollection of <laughs> And through the entire time that I, I remember watching it, I remember being confused and thinking they were the same person (laughs) and like the exact same face (laughs) and i was shocked to find out later that they were literally sisters like i thought (laughs) you thought it was like a parent trap situation yeah double them what a crazy good casting (laughs) they just put k on a box (laughs) to make her taller So this movie has an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 58%. Oof. I feel like, I don't know, we, we'll discuss more. That doesn't sound too out of the ballpark, in my opinion. Yeah. So the movie was written by Patrick J. Clifton and Beth Ragazio. And they are kind of like a writing duo. They have a few writing credits. But most notably, they wrote... Another Disney Channel original movie, Go Figure. You remember that one? Yeah. Certainly. Deeply. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so I thought that was interesting. The movie is also based on a book by Julia DeVillers or DeVillers. And the book is called How My Private Personal Journal Became a Bestseller. That's a long title. Also, what is up with these random books they found Another to turn one. into Disney Channel movies? Another decon based on a book. So many. Like, Xenon was based on a book. Twitches was based on a book. This is nuts. <laughs> and we've never uh, heard of the books, ever. No, no. And then the movie was directed by Paul Hohen. Now, buckle up for this man's credits. So I'm going to start with his TV credits. This man directed multiple episodes on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Even Stevens, Ned's Declassified, Jonas, and High School Musical the Musical the Series. Dang. Yeah. Wow. And now here are his Disney Channel film credits. We have Luck of the Irish, True Confessions, You Wish, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookout, Searching for David's Heart, Jump In, Cheetah Girls 3, Dad Napped, Camp Rock 2, and Zombies. Okay, we get it. (laughs) You're an overachiever, dude. We get it. They brought him back for a lot. He must must have loved working with this guy. (laughs) That's crazy. He had a whole career just with Disney. I know. It's crazy. Make that money. (laughs) I feel like he was just like once a month. He was like, you know what? It's time for me to go back to my roots. And they walked into the Disney studio <laughs> to make another project with them. He has like an like, annual project. <laughs> is this is this the new script? I will take that. <laughs> but yeah, I was blown away going through that man's IMDb. So yeah, let's jump into it. I would like to start off by saying I wanted Jamie's computer so bad. Right? Right. <laughs> and, and, and it shocked me to find out it came in 2006. I feel like someone at the Disney company had to have insight. I don't know if those kinds of computer tablet things were common or if that was a weird futuristic invention for the movie. Like I was so baffled and extremely jealous even now. I watch it now and I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah like, and it's, it's like Xenon. We were talking about all the things that they kind of predicted in Xenon. And then I saw this like tablet computer. I was like, hold on. Like Chidera said, how did Disney know? What did Disney have? 
it before we ever thing. knew. It must have been a thing at that point because it was like a computer that flipped into just the screen and she could use a stylus to draw her little doodles and move text around. It was wild. It was too much. <laughs> it really was. But do we want to just dive into things we liked about this movie? Let's, let's do it. Let's dive in. Yes. Chidera, so- I would love you to start off. What was some things that you liked about this movie? This is a Lindsay Stan account. I liked that they had a one mean black token and then a one nice black token. But but, but it wasn't. Like, Lindsay was real. She was very fully developed. She had her activism. She was fighting the good fight all the time. And just consistently fucking... Oh, she rocked. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will defend Lindsay to the depths of... Till my dying breath, I liked her a lot. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. No, I actually, one of my notes in my positives is I love the friends. Harmony, Lindsay, yes. and Connor, mm-hmm. they well, are so good. I don't know about Connor, but let me let me hold my tongue. Let me- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you can speak more on that when we get to the negatives. I didn't remember Jason Dolly was in this movie. Me neither. He popped up on screen and I was like, Oh my God, that's Jason Dolly. And this was his first <laughs> Disney Channel anything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a little baby. No, I, but I also really like the friendships in it, especially her girlfriends, Harmony and Lindsay. They kept it real with her. Yeah. They said, we're not dealing with your crap now that you're famous. You can leave. Like, we're not, we're not taking that. And I I was so happy that they weren't trying to, like, get in on her fame or try to yeah. take over into that kind of world. They kept it very separate. And I thought it was very realistic how all of her friends reacted to her fame. And I loved that. They were solidly written friends. I enjoyed them a lot. Also, Um, I gotta say, another character that really stuck out to me was Sawyer. Quintessential mean girl. Very good. So well done. There's one thing I love. It is a mean character because either you love them or you love to hate them. I love Regina George. I love a Heather. I love anyone who's mean. And so Sawyer, every single time I was like, you know what? No matter... I could not tell how old they were, as in, I can't tell if they were all supposed to be all freshmen. It didn't all add up, but yeah, <laughs> I love that she was, very, I was always on her side. You're standing in front of my locker. Get out of my way. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I, the uh, actress, Halliskin Squid, Gigliotti, I can't, I'm sorry <laughs> if I butcher her last name, but I think she killed that role. I mean, yeah. she could have gone over the top with it, and I think she was. Perfect. Also, the tracksuit that she was wearing, the throw to Mean Girls terry cloth tracksuit, loved that. I know. Um, Last week, we talked about the checklist of what makes a really good Mean Girl. And I think it was, you have to believe that they are popular and that they run the school. They have to be a little backhanded. They can't be like an outright mean because, you know, then you're a bully, not a mean girl. And then you also have to want to punch them in the face. And Sawyer checked all the boxes. Yeah, I adored her in this movie. Even though you're not supposed to, I was like, I loved this character. They did her so well. Yeah, I loved Kay Panabaker in this movie. I thought that she did such a great job, like such a great little child actress. I think she was 16. She did really good. I feel like one of the stronger child actor performances we've seen. I agree. She was very believable. Mm-hmm. And I also want to bring this up because I think it also helps with her and being the lead and the acting. The story was really well-rounded overall. I mean, it had a lot of different facets with her friends at school and then her book and then her parents' pizza parlor going under or whatever. But there was just a lot of stuff going on that felt very realistic. And then with her great acting on top of that, I think she really carried so much of it. And then even some of the side characters, I was like, y'all are going so hard and it's great. 
I like how much you actually wanted to read her journal. Mm-hmm. It was, every single time you saw it, it was like super duper exciting. And the finished product, I would have read that from the ages of 12 to 15. I would have so read it. Also, um, Jason Dolly's brother in this movie. He's hot. <laughs> that was a that was a positive for me i loved his brother his also, older brother and i also really liked their relationship on a serious note i loved the relationship between connor and his big brother and that was one of my big notes i loved how supportive his brother was but he still definitely took advantage of his yeah. little brother and that's absolutely how it would go but I was so surprised because I was not expecting that to be something that stood out to me as much as it did. But I wrote it down three or four times throughout the movie. It was one of my favorite relationships in the entire movie. I also think this storyline kind of talking to the toxicity of child stardom is very interesting because I... I guess going into it, I couldn't remember much of what happened. And so I didn't really think that it would go down that route. But especially with Iz and her kind of being the inner voice of Jamie. And like you said, she was mean. She wasn't a nice (laughs) alter ego in the slightest, but it really spoke to there. Like there was a moment where she's talking about like, she can't quit. You have to write the sequel because your parents' pizza parlor is going under. And like, you have to think about your family. And I was like, this is getting really real. And I wasn't expecting it to get to that point. And so she's having to think as a freshman in high school. I think she's supposed to be a freshman. Yeah, I think that's what they said. And she has to think, I'm making money for my family. Should I write the sequel? Should I not? It's kind of, it's great, but it's also kind of ruining my life. It was a lot to take in. And especially with Kay Panabaker being a child star, I was really interested in how much she could relate to that or not, and if that aided in her acting in this movie. Oh, that's interesting. I just thought I wasn't expecting it to go down that route, and it did, and I was honestly, like, happily surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Another character that I really liked was Jamie's dad. I loved him. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he was great. Also, liver and onion on a pizza? I would eat it. (laughs) That doesn't sound that bad to me. I find that appalling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of the pizza toppings that there were, because I know there was chicken's feet, there was liver and onion, there was... um, There was something else. Prunes. Of all of them, I do think the liver and the onion is the most edible. It doesn't sound that far out, because I'm not a huge liver fan, but I've had like bacon-wrapped liver before. I don't hate it. And onion's not uncommon so i feel like that's something i would try now chicken's feet maybe not yeah. <laughs> I, I also but i say. i was i didn't like how everyone was stifling jamie's dad's creative genius yeah. <laughs> oh he was just trying something new he's an artiste and his medium is the pizza pie i i do have to say though that seaweed see where he like throws off his jacket and the seaweed goes onto the pizza i'm like that's the most unsanitary thing i've ever seen health department (laughs) violation i've ever seen that seaweed it wasn't washed i'm assuming it Mm. came straight from the whale it's been sitting in that whale for probably two days and then it just like falls out of his pocket on the pizza and they were like, yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> if they were not going to go out of business because of losing traffic, they would because of that health department violation because that's horrible. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I also have another point that I wanted to bring up about Jamie. I think her arc was pretty nice during this movie. Her going to be a likable, you know, high school girl to slowly becoming very unlikable and then having to find her way back to her friends and her life and being a more likable character. I think Kay Panabaker killed it. But from some of the other DCOMs we watched, I think it was one of the best fully-fledged character arcs that Mm. we've had. One of the most interesting because you don't really see the main character being a villain in a lot of them. The only one I can think of that comes to mind is 
gallery and the first two to girls. Who? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she didn't get hit. <laughs> but this is not Cheetah Girls. This is Read It and Weep. <laughs> we digress. We digress. I think we just really, we can't wait for the Cheetah Girls episode. <laughs> it's a dream. Oh, man. What's something else that you really liked? I just loved how some Disney Channel original movies have a protagonist where they have 80% of the sandwich in terms of screen attention. And of course, because they're the protagonist, but it never felt like anyone in the story was secondary. Like they were secondary, but the teacher had a personality that I could visibly see. The mom and dad had distinct personalities that weren't just loose mom and like loose dad, the brother whom I despise has a really, really tangible personality. And that's something that a lot of Disney Channel original movies don't really try to do because they're like, let's just put it out there. We got 20 bucks. Let's make a movie. What I like about Reading (laughs) Weep is you could feel for everyone other than the students at the school that weren't her friends, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. And Sawyer, but you know. I liked how the background students were almost a character in and of themselves as a unit they were their own character and a moment that really stood out to me was when jamie is walking through the cafeteria and she bumps marco who if you didn't rewatch the movie marco is the cute boy that jamie has a big crush on and they bump into each other and they look at each other and they have a moment and (laughs) a hush falls over the entire cafeteria and it was so funny. No, and not only a hush, they all look and then they gasp yeah, all at the same yeah. time. I hated that scene. I thought it was so funny. All this because it also I- cut back really fast. So I couldn't tell if that was in Jamie's head or not. <gasps> I feel like the students act as like a semi-Greek choir. Like yeah, a play where they're kind of reflective of the themes of the story rather than characters in and of themselves. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Greek masterpiece. Oedipus could never. <laughs> Read it and weep by Sophocles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's just something I kept thinking about throughout the movie is that Jamie looking at is is not in her head and I don't I never knew how to feel about that which is to say that every character around her acknowledges that she's looking at someone and talking to someone but it's never legitimate I don't know if I wish they had made it that it was all in her head for real and she was never actually having those interactions or if she's gonna go on SSRIs and the next movie is gonna be about her what she's going through but I loved that they would show her talking to nobody looking at nobody I I loved it I I wrote down I was like somebody needs to get Jamie on some meds yeah I'm concerned everyone around the Greek chorus is concerned yeah It was so much. She's having full-fledged fights with a wall. We need to get her some help. <laughs> yeah, she's dragged. The scene that took me out was when she dragged Iz through the homecoming dance. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Someone get this child some antipsychotics. That's what... <laughs> Yeah, but speaking of the dance, I gotta say, one of my favorite parts of this movie was when they were booing her as she was going on stage. (laughs) I was like, honestly, she deserves it. (laughs) It was so good. It was really funny. (laughs) Because you know that if that was real life, a teacher would come out and be like, well, I have never seen such disrespect in my life. (laughs) But no, they just let it happen. Also, on the dance scene and the party scene, I don't know if this is a 2006 thing or if this is the specific stylist of the show, but I love Jamie and Izzy's unbrushed curls. Like, they're the <laughs> ringlets that were perfectly wrong, but never yeah. combed through. <laughs> was so so perfectly to the- I remember her dressing up scene where she's putting bracelet bangles like plastic <laughs> bangles onto her arm and I remember watching it 
as a kid and being like, she's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally her hair. And it reminds me of the poodle style in Princess Diaries. Yes. Yes. I was like, yes. I was like, she's fully running with this and no one's helping her. Why did her parents not tell her? This is awful. <laughs> Why wasn't her mom helping her get ready for the dance? Yeah. <laughs> you put on this lip gloss yourself. <laughs> have Iz put it on for you. This is another positive I have. The soundtrack to this movie, pretty dope. Yes. So good. Jordan Pruitt's Outside Looking In is still a banger. So true. Reading and Weep is a movie without songs, and yet it is one with the, one of the best ones, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love that. Do you all have any more positives that you'd like to share from the movie? I did like the little twist of finding out that Connor wrote Marco's poem. Was it really necessary? No, but I thought it was cute and I really wasn't expecting it. And it's something that made sense like in a rewatch because during Mm -hmm. the scene, he mispronounces one of the words in the poem. Yeah, I was about to say, Sabrina, you said you didn't see it coming after Marco reads a poem and mispronounces the word continually. (laughs) No, I didn't see it being Connor. I was like, he obviously didn't write that. He had no idea. I didn't see it being Connor. And then once Connor wrote the little thing, I was like, oh, okay, I'm catching on. But I didn't think about it when he first read the poem. Like, oh, that was obviously Connor. Like, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Before we transition into negatives, I'd like to share two lines in the movie that made me laugh out loud. The first is spoken by Lindsay. And it's when they're talking about the dance and they're like, the deep sea dance. And someone is like, I don't have a dress or a snorkel. And Lindsay goes, I have a snorkel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it made me laugh really hard. And then the other one, it was said by one of the side characters, but it's when Jamie has come back from her big party soiree thing and the populars ask her to sit with them. And they're like, we have an open seat. Jennifer, too, is out sick. (laughs) And that made me chuckle. (laughs) There was also a Sawyer line where she said something like, yeah, it was weak sauce. And I went, weak sauce? (laughs) What? (laughs) Excuse me? I love it. But that made me laugh. (laughs) Chidera, what was your, like, biggest dislike of this movie? I want to know. Oh, my God. Okay, I wrote it down. Verbena, I said, because I remember it during the thing. Lenny is nothing but mean to Jamie. One-on-one. There's a scene where she goes to ask to use his printer, which if she had just used his printer, if he had just been a nice brother for 10 seconds, the whole movie would have ended in 20 minutes. Mean to her in a one-on-one interaction. Mean to her whenever she walks up to to him and it's like, he says to her, don't talk to me at school or ever. Clearly in anger saying, stop playing your guitar. Makes him break his guitar in half. <laughs> if I, if my little sister came up to me right now and was like, I think you should stop wearing makeup. It looks ugly on you. I would be like, mom told me that she wanted to put you up for adoption. I, I wouldn't destroy all my makeup palettes. Like I, I just find Lenny, <laughs> if you care so much about music, you'd care about music. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was taken out when I saw the guitar broken into three pieces in the trash can. Yeah. I was like, you could have sold it. You didn't have to break <laughs> this thousand dollar instrument. I also have, and maybe you guys will disagree, so I want to bring this up. I didn't really think Lenny was made as the most necessary character. He's kind of forgotten. And I get it, he... You know, he has to have the printer moment and everything like that. I just feel like he didn't really need to be there. And then he comes up at the end and plays a a really good song. But also, like, (laughs) why? Like, why is Lenny there? I agree with you. I I, I wrote down as well. We didn't need the brother, but his song was a bop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an ends justifying the memes, you know? Yeah. That song. Everything that he did could have been written differently. We didn't need him, but the song, they needed him for that. Yeah. (laughs) It's very true. I also wasn't really a fan of the mom. Her energy felt 
weird to me. It just didn't feel like it matched everyone else's. And I don't know if this is how they wrote her or if it was an acting choice or whatever it is, but it just, everyone else seemed on the same energy field and she just seemed way off, just way off the side. She didn't seem very maternal to me. No. Yeah. Um, so, this is this is a little negative of mine. This movie moves very quickly. I felt like yes. we were sprinting the entire time. <laughs> I completely agree. Whenever I think of how power corrupts, definitely, I wish we'd had more time for Jamie to be popular, enjoy it, and not be evil yet. Because I feel like we jumped from her hating being popular by any degree immediately into her abusing her power without having like a high before the fall. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's actually my biggest dislike of the movie is I felt like the switch in Jamie's character happened way too fast. We just didn't get any buildup at all. She was doing fine. And then she put up, this is my other biggest dislike. She put on the evil headband. We hear a sound effect that goes ding. And suddenly she's evil. And I didn't like the symbolism of the evil headband. I thought it was awful. (laughs) I completely agree. I also put the headband. No. (laughs) Why? I don't even think we really see is wearing the headband. Yeah. Jamie also doesn't wear it every single scene where she's doing something mean. It's only sometimes. So it's just like her sometimes evil charm. I I think we saw moments where Iz was just a tyrant and all, just terrible. But I think we needed more of that because I feel like the reason they jumped is because maybe it was like going on in her head and we just didn't see it. And so Iz coming in was like our way of being able to see what's going on internally for her. But I wish there were more moments, especially in the lead up to her becoming unlikable seeing more of is playing with her head and getting her into that. Speaking on that, and I'm interested to see what you two think. I felt like is was kind of weak. She was kind of barely in the movie, which surprised me. And I didn't like that. She was evil from the beginning, even in the story before it gets published, she's just kind of weak. And then when she starts appearing in Jamie's life, she's just evil from the get. I wish that she had been somebody that we would root for along with Jamie. And then we see her more of like that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because they did really film all of their scenes like it was some sort of psychological thriller. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I think it's so weird because I remember her being a bigger role in the movie than she actually was when I watched it. And I think she was severely underutilized for what she's supposed to be, which is who Jamie wishes she was. And it's so weird because you don't ever want Jamie to be that person. And I thought the goal of it is you're supposed to want her to be like his. But you never want that. And like everybody who reads the book loves is. I know. (laughs) It's very conflicting because like you said at the beginning, everybody's like, is is great. And she's like, oh, I wish I was is. And then it slowly becomes like very convoluted. And then is, is just an awful figment of her imagination. And I don't quite get the transition there of her wanting to be her and then is becoming just a terrible conscience for it Jamie. It was confusing, for sure. And I've, I have a question to ask you two. Is Jamie's book good? Certainly not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I genuinely did not know. I was like, I can't tell if this is good or not. I, I think that, and this is just a personal grade, the, the splash this 14-year-old's book would make in real life is no way equivalent <laughs> to what they present on Read It and Week. If I published a journal like that, I would be lucky if my school read it. That would be bigger. To have you go, 
on Good Morning America, basically, <laughs> for Junie B. Jones, for your diary of a wimpy kid, makes me feel crazy. <laughs> like, you are so right. This is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It really is. I just thought... Like, I understand the point was she was supposed to garner all this fame and it was supposed to go to her head, but I wish it had been on a smaller scale than what yeah. he showed in yeah. the film. Or make the book better, because they're like, <laughs> the rope. We have to climb the rope in gym <laughs> class. Also, is that a thing? I feel like that's very dangerous. They, like, it's I, not a thing anymore. I never climbed a rope. No, okay, it was. They, I think they got rid of it because it's very dangerous. That's been like a TV trope for a while. The thing that got me about the rope is that it had knots in it to make it easier to climb. So it wasn't impressive that Iz climbed all the way to the top. <laughs> Honestly, I probably still couldn't climb it. Let's be, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. It was just wild. I understand that films need to have a subplot, especially because the target is children who are watching these movies. But the pizza subplot to me was so much, mostly because I never saw the restaurant empty except for in the book signing scene. It always consistently had people. And then the pizza shop going out of business has nothing to do with well I mean it does in that her continuing to write the books would help the business but not directly because if she had never accidentally published it their business would have just gone under with nothing to do with her and so I just felt the fact that it kept coming like it didn't come up until Jamie needed a hard lesson that her actions have consequences and I wish it had been something that they had talked about it wasn't just something that they threw in that third act. Yeah. A moment that I hated. This is a scene and it didn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie. It didn't move the plot forward at all. There's a scene where Harmony and Jamie are getting free sample makeup. <laughs> and we're seeing the side of their face and they're putting this makeup on. And Lindsay comes over and she's like, this makeup is tested on animals. You have to come with us. And she drags them away and there is a clear straight line down the center of their face where they have only done half their face. And I guess we're led to believe they're supposed to have done the other half because they're like, you could have let us finish. And they're almost in brown face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost. I it's remember just... watching it and being like, a couple shades lighter, hubbies. <laughs> <laughs> also, who puts their makeup on one half of their face at a time? Because they had the bronzer, eyeshadow, and only half of their lipstick done. Is that how like you do a it, Chidera? You're a makeup artist. Is that how you do it? <laughs> I feel <laughs> I like that feels like the worst way to teach someone how to do makeup. I feel like the host was like, you see how ugly this side of your face is? Put on this black face to the, oh wait, put on this 10 shades darker foundation on half your face so you can see how much better you look. <laughs> it was crazy. It had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Absolutely nothing. I, I do want to bring up, I was not a fan of Marco. I think he had zero personality and he was just a Troy Bolton. He just looked like Troy Bolton, but less interesting. Mm -hmm. And Troy Bolton didn't have much going for him. So I, I just didn't get, like, I understand he's the attractive one, but uh, you couldn't have given him something. I know. I think like the point was that he was supposed to have no personality, but they went too far with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like he had nothing going on in his brain, ever. Also, he looked like he was 25, and Jamie looked 14. That's why I asked. True. Like, it felt like we weren't all in the same grade. Like, is it one of those classes where it could be anybody in the class? Because it felt like Sawyer and Marco were in different grades yeah. than everybody. Another thing I didn't like... I don't feel like we earned the kiss at the end of the movie. And Janair, I know that you have opinions on Connor. I liked Connor, Me but too. I don't think we earned the kiss at all. 
I don't think we built it up. It would have been fine with me if they had just held hands and walked back into the dance. But I, do, I just don't think we earned a kiss moment. That is the start and end of my critiques on Connor, because I think that he's a very nice boy. And I enjoyed the pining and that he sweetly and anonymously writes that letter of support for her. I just didn't like the kiss like at all. And it soured me. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that like, I don't know, he was kind of stopping Jamie's bag. And I understand that that was his crush. But if I had a crush on you, Megan, and Josh was like, hey, is Megan single? Is she here? I would be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let the best man win, you know? <laughs> Also, with Connor, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when we first see his character, it's when Marco's reading the poem and he's looking at Jamie, kind of side eyeing her. He gave me school shooter vibes in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, he looked like he was about to lose it. <laughs> and the, the rest of the movie, he was so sweet and kind and very cute. But in that first one, I was like, someone needs to be his friend now. Uh oh. <laughs> I have a few small technical things that I saw that I just wanted to throw out there and see if you guys noticed it. The transitions were very weird and chaotic to me. Just it, all over the place, didn't flow at all. I think it's because they make it for TV so that there are commercials, you know? I guess, but even some of where there wasn't an obvious break, especially with, there was a scene where she was looking for more pages to write the sequel or something, and then Iz shows up, and the cut between those, that was so <laughs> abrupt and harsh to watch, I hated it. And some of them may have been commercial breaks, but I feel like even those, you can tell pretty easily like oh that was the end of that scene and that's where they would stop it for a commercial but there were just some that felt really random and weird to me also there were words that were randomly louder than others throughout <laughs> scenes did you guys notice that i didn't okay i was watching it and i thought i had clicked something or done something wrong because i was like oh this is randomly louder than it was just at, and then I realized I had touched nothing and it was just, and I think it was where they add in oh, like lines. Some ADR. Yeah. And I think they just didn't match it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't super crazy or noticeable, but there was one moment where I was like, this is really like going in and out. And I think it was because one character had their back to the camera and they just ADR lines in there. Mm, so that maybe that was it, but that was just one thing. And it was really just in one scene that I heard it. So my last thing that I didn't like, it's a it's a quickie. There's a moment in the dance where like Iz and Jamie are having their big confrontation. And Iz looks at Jamie and says, you can't get rid of me. We're like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> what a weird reference to put into this children's movie. <laughs> because first of all, kids aren't going to know who Abbott Costello is. If anybody who doesn't know, they're the guys who do the who's on first bit from way back in the day. Second, they aren't like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Not in the slightest. I, was, I had to rewind it and be like, did she just say Abbott and Costello? Like, there's so many other famous pairs that they could have picked. And that was just such a weird one to throw in. Janae, is there anything else that you don't like? Or Sabrina? I have one that I can just throw in here real quick. Because, like I've said before, continuity is a huge thing for me. You know, the whale falls down and <laughs> explodes seaweed all over Homecoming. And then when they go back, she goes out and her and Connor have her moment. Then they come back. And the whale is back up on the ceiling. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with it. Everything's fine. There is no way that they cleaned that up and got that whale back on the ceiling. The whale is incredible, by the way. Yeah. What a prop. But no, that would be in the middle of the dance floor and you would have to dance around yeah. it. Just accept that. Why, <laughs> that why is it back on the ceiling? That actually does remind me I missed one of my negatives and it was the fact that I felt like everyone severely overreacted to the seaweed <laughs> it's just seaweed 
just take it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they acted like they were dying. There was a shot of Sawyer screaming like it was the scarabs from the mummy. <laughs> I think like one of my negatives is that Harmony and Lindsay, I think their transition from being super supportive of her and critiquing her was really solid. But I think in place, so during the film, she has essentially two turning points showing the fame getting to her and turning her into a, a bad person to her friends. And one is that she quits working at the pizza shop. And then the second one is that she decides to not help with the dance committee for the dance that they're going to do. And she's not going to help with the whale. And I just personally thought that not being a part of the pizza shop thing was not that important because they consistently are there without her. And whenever she's on the TV show, they're happy for her. And so I feel like they would have been happy for her for that. But she's the person who got them into making the dance committee decorations to begin with. So I feel like they didn't need to do this, the pizza one. They could have just done the whale one as a I'm turning evil now thing. Yeah, because she did say that as she was putting on the headband for the first time. Yes. <laughs> I think if I were going to change something about this movie, I would like it to be, I don't want it to be a kid's movie anymore. I want it to be a psychological thriller. I want them to go <laughs> full out, go full Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe somebody dies. Maybe somebody almost dies. I don't know. <laughs> but I want Iz to be like, Sawyer is on top but we could be on top. And then maybe like Jamie kills her. I don't know. <laughs> like more of a Scottish play aura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like they already film it like a psychological thriller in the is Jamie scenes. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Just run with it. And yeah. I think it's funny when you want to like completely change one of these films, someone always dies. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's an interesting theme here that I want to note just with Megan's <laughs> newly formed decom ideas is someone's <laughs> always going to die or almost die. Just Absolutely. curious, within Read It and Weep in your horror thriller, who's dying? Uh, I feel like Sawyer has to die. She has I to want kill Marco Sawyer. to die. I was just about to say Marco. <laughs> yeah, Marco should die. And I think one of her friends should get really injured. Not die, but like... <laughs> I think either Melody... I think either Melody or Lindsay to be on, be on like a respirator at some point. I don't know. And then, then Jamie is looking through the hospital glass being like, what have I done? I think that's that would make it really interesting for me. <laughs> I want to see this. I need this to happen. The name of your redo will be Read It and Weep, but the Weep is all in capital. <laughs> Read It and Weep. I love that. Shall we move into the fashion segment? Please. <laughs> I have notes on the fashion of this movie. <laughs> you, go ahead. You start off. Okay. So we start out with what I remember so vividly is Jamie's outfit where it's the green shirt and vest with the pink skirt and pink leggings underneath. Mm -hmm. uh, that when I think of this movie, that is what I think of. Also, why? I know it's 2006, but that's not still not a good look. Also, Lindsay's outfits. Loved them. Cute. Mm. Loved all of them. Absolutely. I feel like there were a lot of really cute hairstyles in this movie, specifically mm -hmm. for Lindsay and Harmony, but all of the clothes came from Limited 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. Also, the handler's haircut. Who did that to her? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was so bad. <laughs> what? Who made that choice? Because I just want to talk. <laughs> also, like we talked about before, which we now know the word for, a lot of shrugs. Shrugs. Also, present. somebody told me bolaros. That mm. was the word that I was trying to think of. Bolaros. That's what they're called. Bolero. Is that it? Bolero? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to say shrug. Okay. <laughs> but considering like we could not find the word for that before and then they are ever so present in this movie. So present. And everyone's wearing them. And I know they were the style then. They were huge. But man, did it stick out to me this time how that, many of them there the, were. The thin, tiny scarves that they wore around their necks. <laughs> The one that looked like a shoelace that she had wrapped around her neck. I was like, why? It was like her, if she undid it, her head would fall off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my notes, I had her poodle hairstyle that I wanted to bring up, but yeah. luckily Chidera did. But I do have to say her dress wasn't that bad. For homecoming? For homecoming. I loved yeah. it. I liked yeah. it too. It was very of the time. It was age appropriate. I didn't right. like the shrug. <laughs> no, not a fan. Um, <laughs> I think Disney Channel movies in terms of styling, they have a deep obsession with layers. It's like they want to put their actors in as many clothes they can that will not change their bodily temperature. You know what I mean? So like they'll give them like a very small shrug and like the tiniest scarf in the world. And then yeah. they'll give them a little top hat. So the rest of their head doesn't get too cold. So like they're just like putting little, little things on. Yeah. And I don't know if it's gotten better or worse in their movies. I want to watch a recent one to see if I can finally see someone's shoulders. But I probably won't. <laughs> Another outfit I thought was crazy was when we first meet Sawyer. She is dressed like a young Queen Elizabeth at a business lunch. I, I'm i pretty sure she's in tweed. <laughs> I think so. I, it was ridiculous. I, I saw that and I was like, and she's in high school? Like, I, hold on. Is she running for president? I don't, I don't really know what's going on here. And it didn't really fit the rest of her style. Now, I do have to say, when they first introduce Myrna, who is Sawyer's, I guess, equivalent in the book, her all-white rhinestoned outfit was insane. <laughs> like, what a look that they gave Myrna. But that one really stuck out to me. I was like, that's a lot. That's, they really did all, all they could for Myrna in this book. I think we have to discuss the worst style culprit in the whole movie, which is, is. What on earth? There were pieces of her outfits that I liked, but not all eight of them together. <laughs> Good. Well, there's at one point she's wearing like a juicy tracksuit with a purple, tiny feathered headband. Yeah. <laughs> I like feel... I think it's the same thing that where what they were going for was to make it a better version of Jamie, like close outfits, but a step up. And it was just a step across, if not a step down, <laughs> <laughs> like specifically about the homecoming outfits, because I remember Jamie ate. I'm not going to lie. She her yeah. outfit was cute. I would wear it minus that little shrug. I would never have worn Izzy's outfit. I would never, never yeah. have put on the purple flower that she had in her hair. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I honestly like never. Jamie's outfits better than Iz's throughout the movie. Well, if we're all done with fashion notes, I'd love to move into a few fun facts. Um, yes, please. I, I couldn't find a whole lot of fun facts about the actual movie, but I did find a list of things that were different in the book than from the movie. So I thought I'd list some of these and we could discuss, think about, you know, was it a good change or not? So in the book, Sawyer is supposed to be like the classic blonde cheerleader, like really long blonde hair. And we don't really see her be a cheerleader a lot in the movie, but I don't know. I kind of like that she wasn't the classic blondie, you know? I, I agree. I'm glad they didn't do the cheerleader trope. I, I kind of like that she, if they just ejected that from because it's always the high school cheerleader with the hottest jock or whatever and they didn't play into that in this movie yeah and this i thought was kind of interesting in the book harmony is written as black and Lindsay is written as white with red hair 
And I don't know, I don't know like why they swapped it, but I thought that was interesting. Maybe I like to think of it because I remember what I liked most about Lindsay is she was not a stereotype of blackness, which is like there is no stereotype because there's no way to act black or not. But they had her be really into environmentalism and what I assume the switch of it would have been. And I think that's not a lot. You don't see a lot of Black characters who are super into the environment, even though there are people who are into the environment, IRL. And so I think that it was a purposeful change. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. Also, in the book, Lindsay is apparently constantly upset with her weight throughout the book. I guess she makes comments. She's very self-conscious about her weight. And they don't talk about that all at all in the movie. And I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad they that. took that out. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that could have gotten dicey. Also in the book, Connor is a new kid in school. He's not Jamie's BFF. And this is the biggest one that kind of threw me for a loop. In the book, Jamie doesn't talk to Iz at all. Iz is just a character on the page. There is no Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing going on. Wow. Maybe that's why she was used so sparingly is because they didn't have a base for her. And so they just stuck the idea in and didn't really think it through. Because honestly, we could have done without her. It wasn't really necessary, but that's probably why she was used so sparsely. But yeah, those are my fun facts. I did have a question. I just, I was kind of wondering where some of these actors are now. How funny, because I have exactly that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get into it. So I researched about the Panabaker sisters because I feel like they are this movie. So Kay Panabaker, who played Jamie, I was very excited when I was looking into both of the Panabaker sisters, specifically Kay Panabaker. I think they had really interesting lives before they became actors and throughout their acting career. So I'm going to start back in their early lives, which I don't normally do. But at age 11, Kay started appearing in TV and film roles. But between projects, she focused a lot on academics and actually graduated high school as valedictorian, oh my God, as valedictorian at age 13. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. Holy and then hell. <laughs> I know. And then she studied acting at Glendale Community College and graduated with honors at age 15. Oh my God. And that's not all. And then she graduated from UCLA's history program in her junior year with a BA in history at age 18. So overachiever overall. Like, yeah, she Miss K did not come to play. Oh my God. <laughs> she did not. Oh my God. Yeah, she must be um, crazy smart. Yeah. And she actually ended up retiring from acting at age 22 after working on many Disney movies and a bunch of different TV shows throughout her career. And then she eventually went back to UCLA to study zoology. And she is now a zoologist who works as an animal keeper at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Orlando, Florida. Wow, 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 wow. I feel like this is a funnest fact oh my god <laughs> <laughs> isn't that incredible this is the coolest thing we've ever said on this show <laughs> i was so excited <laughs> reading about her i was like i have to write all of this down i can't miss a single thing she's lived a full life you're telling and she's me, like 30 you're telling me that if i go to animal kingdom in orlando florida i might see Kay panabaker I am telling you that. And how exciting is that fact? Like, taking care of a zebra or something? Oh my God. <laughs> I know. It's not crazy. I am, I am floored. I know. I, I felt the same way reading it. <laughs> that, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we move Jan on. Janera's eyes are so wide. <laughs> I'm not just, she, she's speechless. I've never... <laughs> A zoologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a raging success. So, uh, I guess what about Danielle? Well, she also graduated high school at fourteen, 
So I guess that was just a thing in their family. Oh my God. A year later at age 15, she began acting. And Disney really threw her into her career two years after she began acting because she was in Stuck in the Suburbs and then Sky High and then Read It and Weep pretty much consecutively. I forgot she was in Sky High. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite roles of her. Yeah, I loved her in Sky High. She also studied acting at Glendale Community College and graduated in 2005. And then her senior year, she also studied at UCLA and graduated in 2007. And during that time when she was in college, she was acting in a bunch of movies and TV shows. And since then, she's been in movies like, you know, Yours, Mine and Ours and the remake of Friday the 13th. She's also been in TV shows recently, including Arrow, The Flash and Supergirl. And she got married in 2017 and had a child just last year in 2020. Aww. So honestly, and, and she's still acting. So she's having a successful acting career, thanks to Disney. And they honestly both are killer. They have succeeded in life, in my opinion. I love that for them. This, the is, Panamaker this has sisters. been the best where are they now yet. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. I love love that that for her. So I guess it's time to kind of wrap up our thoughts in a little bow. Each of us give our final thoughts and then try to figure out where we're going to put this on the ranking. So uh, I would love Chidera to start and just wrap up your thoughts on this movie. Good, bad, whatever you want to say. I feel like revisiting it that it both exactly was how I remembered it and wasn't and I enjoyed that I feel like 56 as the audience score I could reasonably hear someone saying it was 60 and I could reasonably hear someone say that it's 50 so I think that being around that little 10 point marker is reasonable to me I love the Panabaker sisters I love them more now like holy cow (laughs) but I think okay I would never watch it again, but I am glad I watched it again. (laughs) Honestly, I can't say I feel different. (laughs) It's a movie that you need to watch only once. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love that. Sabrina, what about you? I I agree with Jadera. I think after watching it, I was like, that was a solid middle of the road Disney Channel movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic. It was it was pretty good. It was just, yeah. you know, and I think the rating, I, I agree. You know, it could go a little bit up or a little bit down and I would still probably agree at the 50-ish mark, you know? But I think, especially Kay Panda Baker, I think she did great in this movie. Absolutely. I think the writing was pretty good overall and i i think it was a pretty well-rounded story and like chadera said i probably wouldn't watch it again but i'm glad i rewatched it as an adult to see how it held up to my memories of it this is a movie i think that you would play at a sleepover Yeah, I I agree with both of you. I think it's pretty middle of the road. I will say, I think that it has the best best friend characters we've seen yet. Harmony and Lindsay, love them. They're great. But I just, I kind of go back to, I feel like they kind of rushed Jamie's downfall. Is could have been a lot better. And you already know I want this to be like a Jordan Peele psychological thriller. But yeah, I, I did like it a lot. Now, for the ranking, I think I would put this below Twitches. Jadera, the current ranking is Xenon, Under Wraps 97, Halloween Town Twitches, Phantom of the Megaplex, Under Wraps 2021. Oh, wow. I think I would put this below Twitches. What about you? I, I think I can agree with you because my fight was... Is it above or below Twitches? And I think, for me, at least, I think the Twitches story is a little more interesting and a little more fun and something I would go back and want to watch. The Maori sisters deliver. 
both of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this, only Kay delivers. I, I can agree with you on that. I can Absolutely. That. So, yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think it should go under Twitches. Now, above Phantom of the Megaplex, would we say? Yeah. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah, yeah awesome. I feel so pretty that solid puts, on that one. That, this in the number five slot out of seven movies we've watched so far. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Wow. So, Chidera, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I do want to ask you guys. I want to at some point have a pizza with you guys with seaweed on it. (laughs) I would love it. it. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) You know, it saved their business. Yeah. (laughs) It must be good. (laughs) I'll make sure to like put it in my coat for like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in your coat for 20 minutes before putting it on. And then throw it on the pizza. (laughs) Delicious. That's so funny. Jared, are you you working on any projects that you would like to let our listeners know about to promote? Yes, in March of 2022. Wow, that's a very far time. I'm putting up a show. It's called Sugar Girl. And yeah, and then if not that, then follow and me. You Instagram. wrote it, right? Yes, I did. I did. I wrote it. It's it's no read it and weep. It's no... <laughs> <laughs> But it's my my project that I love. That's really what I wanted to promote most. Are you also awesome. directing it? Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, That's it's, awesome. It's something I'm really happy about and something that it being a part of theater, it's what I love. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have any like Instagram, TikTok, any social medias that you want to promote while on here? Heck yeah. Imagine if I just gave you guys my LinkedIn. <laughs> um, my my I Instagram I want to talk about is my makeup Instagram and it's Chidera Art. So it's Chidera, C-H-I-D-E-R-A R-T. <laughs> and then my, my, yeah, and then yeah. my TikTok is Chidera Moko, my, my full name. Woohoo. Awesome. awesome awesome thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening please join us back next week when we will be discussing smart house i'm excited for smart house um, i am excited and terrified because yeah, i was is... scared of this movie as a child <laughs> <laughs> i have i have not seen it probably since i was a wee lass <laughs> honestly um, me too yeah. And I can't remember the plot of it, so I'm very excited to see what what per- I almost said what perspires. <laughs> no, that's not correct. It's a house and it's smart. That's the truth. <laughs> so Megan, where can you find us online? You can find us on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, please rate us five stars. It helps other people find the podcast. And you could also leave us a review and let us know what your favorite decom is. We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, thank you for tuning in. I'm Megan. I'm Chidera. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to D-Cup. The Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.